Good morning, good evening, good night. Welcome to this week's episode of That Tattoo Show. All right. On Sunday, every Sunday, on Sp- YouTube and Spotify. Hey, how's that, Paul? It's all right. It's not too bad. You know what I'll I mean? Can I just burst your bubble about this, Chris? Because I know this has freaked you out that we tell, you know, we put this show out on a Sunday, but we record on Tuesday. It's clearly bothering you. I want to, I'm going to have to burst a few bubbles. You know, the uh, Hogmanay, Jules Holland. Oh, yeah, that's like fucking recorded in like... August it's recorded. It's not unusual. You know, like, you know, TV, you know, the people no, in Coronation yeah. Street, it's not live. It's, it is pre-recorded, you know that. It's it's Tellyland, right? Do you think Do you think they they just feel weird? They're like, it's the middle of August and they're all like, Happy New Year! And they're like... Oh, here's the other thing, right? Here's the other thing. It's recorded at 11.30 in the morning. I know. So all them all people are get, that are getting clattered on that show and you think they're getting clattered for midnight, they're actually getting wrecked at midday. I know, it's wicked, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> so it's not unusual. Welcome back to the show. It's not unusual. Um, yeah, we've got an interesting episode this week, haven't we? Yes. But first, we've got got some tattoo news. Yes. What's going on, Chris? Okay, so have you seen the news about the Liverpool Tattoo Convention, Paul? No. Ooh. Due to circumstances beyond their control, it is with regret that they must postpone the October convention to the first weekend in June 2023. Right, okay. Basically, Liverpool Convention that was happening in October is being postponed. Um, but that was like the second one they've had in, in in one year, it would be, wouldn't it? I don't know, is it? Yeah? Yeah. Th- they do two in a year? Okay. Yeah, I don't know if it's, they're trying to like make up for the COVID thing or, or if it, they've contractually got to do it. But like, yeah, they had one earlier on in the year and then they were going to have another one in October. Um, but obviously that's been postponed. Maybe the Adelphi is just finally fixing that fucking Willy Wonka lift in that hotel. Oh. Swear to God it goes sideways. It's like you get in, you pr- just press all the buttons, don't you? Yeah. And it just, whatever it spits you out is what you've got. You know, sometimes you end up in fucking Narnia. Sometimes you end up in the basement. You just never know where you're going. It's it's, it's really funny. It's kind of funny and annoying <laughs> if you're trying to get back to your room. 100%. <laughs> I think with, with Liverpool, though, I honestly think it's, it's about time that they maybe change the venue. That side of town is getting so rough now. It's like, my missus is from up our way. When I tell, I, I'm like, yeah, I don't think I'll work uh, that show anymore and she's like yeah it's on the roughest part it's in, it's literally in the roughest part of town like. yeah my mate Dane lives in uh, lives in Liverpool I'll have to ask him you know because his his wife Mandy she's um she's Liverpudlian you know born and bred and, and so I'd have to ask them yeah, they- I never know you know because you visit that many towns you never know whether you're in the rough part of town it's, oh, just, yeah. it's just a new city you don't know do you like, like I said before the last time I went to Liverpool somebody was stabbed in outside McDonald's opposite the hotel and, and recently, um, somebody it looks like somebody was murdered in the Adelphi Hotel. Well, I mean, the the Adelphi is owned by um, a, a, group, like a low, yeah, low priced, uh, cut priced hotel people, and but they charge mega bucks for the rooms. Yeah, they do. <laughs> Whenever I've stayed in a Britannia anywhere in the UK, um, this obviously my own personal opinion and personal experience of this. Uh, they've been the worst hotels I've ever stayed in anywhere in the world. And yeah. I've stayed in a lot of fucking hotels in my time. And and the Britannia at Scarborough, which I believe is called the Grand, it's literally, like when you talk about somebody being murdered, I walked along the corridor to my room and I swear to God, the stain on the carpet, 
the only way I thought you could have made it was if you'd killed somebody and dragged the body back <laughs> the length of the corridor. It was fucking awful. Do you remember, I tell you, one hotel, right, which I thought was banging, was the Earl of Doncaster. I don't really remember that hotel very well for, for many reasons. It had the awesome little awesome little restaurant with a massive Rolex fucking clock on the wall. That's when you gave me that fuck. I gave you some sweets, yeah. He gave me some sweets. Party sweets. And he said... I've got these I've got these unbranded smarties. That one might be the blue one and that one might be the red one. But you, what you could do is just take the blue smarty and the red smarty at the same yeah. time, if you know what I mean. So consequently, um I did take Chris's advice about the smarties and um I did take both of them and that's why I don't really remember much about that weekend at all, to be fair. That night I ended up in the bar we're in a Pikachu onesie. I don't remember the Pikachu onesie incident. Yeah. I was probably passed out by then. I walked up to the bar, there's like all these like tattooists who were like acting all gangster and like, being like all cool and that. I walk up in my Pikachu onesie and I'm like, what's happening? Can I get a Diet Coke, please? <laughs> Guess my Diet Coke. Wanders back upstairs and then the next day everyone's like, oh, do you hear the fire alarms going off last night? I'm like, they were fire alarms? <laughs> yeah, that's news to me. I didn't hear no fire alarms. Yeah, I didn't hear Best no fire alarms. Best sleep ever. Be careful when you're taking random Smarties, kids. Don't take uh, sweets from even your mates. I was going to say strangers, but Chris ain't even a stranger. Don't even take sweets off your mates. You know, it's a bad idea. You know, just say no, kids. Just say no. <laughs> uh, funny enough, right? They were from Afghanistan or Iraq, I think they were from. Yeah, well, uh, Iraqi Smarties. <laughs> yeah, Iraq. They're fucking strong. Um. <laughs> Moving on. Yeah, there's two things I quickly like to discuss, right? Um, one, one of them is, right, I'm getting a lot of messages and I'm getting tagged in a lot of machines that are coming out with new machines and everything. And that's awesome. Thank you. Um, but I'm getting people asking me to, if I review certain machines, there are certain machines out there that are clones of other machines. And I think I may have mentioned this in the past. Number one, morally, I cannot sit there and review a machine that is a copy of another machine that already exists because that, that breaches somebody's you know intellectual property and their copyrights and i don't know what the legality it would be if i'm there promoting a, 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 a copy of someone else's product so i like so morally i'm not going to do it and obviously legally i wouldn't want anything to come back on us as a channel like yeah. i mean you're promoting like copyrighted fake versions of our stuff so yeah there's that um so yeah thanks for tagging me but if they're copies of other machines i'm not going to review it the other one is reach inks yeah Reach Inks. I've been using Reach Inks now for about a week. And if anybody is concerned, and, and, and obviously this is going to depend on the brand because not every single brand really knows what they're doing, but the ones that I've been using are the Raw, uh, Raw Platinum range. Trying them out, ready for a review. Shout out to Raw. Right, James, they do sponsor the show just for transparency. Like, you know, they do sponsor the show. But at this, it, to be fair, right, to be fair, when I reviewed their inks initially, right, I the first thing I said was, like, these are the best inks I've used. Yeah. Do you want to sponsor us? So, like, you know, the transparency there. That's I, kind I, of how it came about. We were already using the stuff and, you know, that's how it works. But anyway, what I'm getting at is... There's a lot of concern over the, the Wibbly Wobbly Web about all the reachings being like, are oh, they too thin, they're too watery, they're not going to be that good. And do you know what? Some of the colours that I've been using, I think are better 
than the colours that we already have now. Yeah. Like, the reds are... They are wicked. Like, yes, the viscosity of the ink is a little bit different to what we used to, but it is, a, like, a little bit different. And once, like... It, it takes, like, what? Like, maybe one tattoo to kind of, like, acclimatise to it. But, like, I was done tattoo today with the black one in lovely. The reds, I think it was, like, red, yellow, blue, uh mix up my own purple yeah and, and they, they all went in really really nice so like if anyone's worried about the whole reach inks like i wouldn't be that concerned buy the 56 bottle set from raw pigments because they're all reach compliant ctl tested i've told you they sponsored the show so you know you, you can take it as as you do but both me and chris use them uh we're both uh, switching over to reach inks anyway we're just going to use the reach inks from now on so that we can get in front of it if you want to get ahead of the game and get used to them uh, just head over they're available uh, direct uh, they're also available from Sick Tattoo Supplies I think yeah. they're called I'll stick the right website up you know where I normally stick Address. it um, I think they're still in the process of building the EU website so there isn't an EU website currently uh, but there is an American website, so you can see them there, and you can, you know, I'll put some contacts in the description so you can hit people up. Honestly, it's awesome. I would switch now. They're fucking great ink, and just switch over. Like I was tattooing with it the other day, and I was just like, well, obviously everything that's happening in the UK now with the UK reach, we're either gonna have the inks that we have now, or we're gonna have the reach inks. There's not gonna be a, a UK formula. And the likelihood is we are going to be going down the same route or a, a maybe a different version, yeah. as in, like, we'll sell out blue and green, but we are going to be going down that reach ink route. So, well, you think about it from a company point of view, what they'll do is they'll make the ink to the strongest regulations in the world. They'll find a country with the strongest regulations. So, say, the toughest country to, to sell the ink in is Switzerland or something. What they'll do is they'll make it to that standard and then everywhere else it will fit with that standard. Yeah. So they're not going to make a Switzerland version, an Argentina version, a UK version, an American version. They're going to make one set of ink, right? And so that's why, to, to me and Chris, we talked about this this week, and we're like, it's the most logical thing to do is to switch over to the reach inks and get used to them now, and then by the time all the legislation comes in, you won't have to panic, you know? Yeah. Uh, but I think for a lot of artists... No, hang on just a sec. I yeah, think sorry. for a lot of artists... Because the existing brands and the existing sort of big names in the industry have dragged their feet on this, uh, the ink that's out there at the moment isn't really working for people, yeah. uh, from what I've heard. That's just from what I've heard. Um, and like I, I kind of foreshadowed last week, I sort of said to you, look, there, this could be a point where post-reach ink compliance, some of your big names might not be around anymore, right? And because and we're all going to have to make a choice of what is available now. What can I work with now? This might be an ideal time to go, do you know what? I'm going to switch ink brand. Yeah. You know, that's what I did. It's what Chris did. And I'm, honestly, I've got... I've got no regrets, to be honest with you. No regrets. No regrets. Perfectly happy. <laughs> you know, I'm in the process of chatting with James uh, to try and get um, like a set, maybe, as a giveaway so somebody can win some or we'll get, you know, we'll get some colours formulated up and maybe we'll do a That Tattoo Show orange so oh, you can try it out. I'd but my advice feel. right now would be, it's all been up in the air. A lot of the guys that we would normally look to to go, look, what's happening? What are you going to do about this? This shit is coming in a few months' time. 
and they got nothing. Well, you know, we gotta we gotta do what we gotta do. Yeah. We still got businesses to run. I still gotta do tattoos on January the first, right? Regardless of what you know, they're, they're dragging the reels. If the big companies are dragging the reels, hiking the prices, vote with your feet. You know, this is one of them times where we we are going to have maybe a cultural shift here. Do you know what I think it is, though? Move over. Change brand. I, I honestly think, like, ink brands maybe weren't that arsed. They weren't that bothered about it. And, like, they, that's why they maybe they didn't do as much kind of, like, work to stop it from happening. You know, they were like, yeah, do you know what? We'll have to just change our formulas. It can be done, blah, blah, blah. And I think when they turned around and said, oh, by the way, we're banning blue and green, I think that's when, you know... They bum all started going five pence, fifty pence. Like, do you I mean? think they've been complacent, and you know, unfortunately, if they lose a bunch of customers, it's they've lost it through complacency oh, and just 100%. sitting on their laurels. I think we're at that point where, you know, some of these ban, some of these brands are like legacy brands now, and they might be. It might be that you know, in five years' time, we talk about, oh, do you remember when so and so was an ink? You know, because ink companies come and go. Yeah, you know, and it's just the way of the world, you know, and. You know, you got to go with whoever's going to get you over the line. And right now, for me and Chris, for cool. certain, and for a lot of other artists I know, they're going to get me over the line. Like, you know, if they bring the reach in tomorrow, I got fifty-six colours. Like, I'm sorted. Well, I've, I've only got six. <laughs> I've only got six colours. <laughs> I just picked up a couple from London, like just to try them out. There you go, and they're fine. The, the uh, other thing as well, um, if you haven't watched last week's episode... Where the fuck were you? Yeah, where were you, motherfuckers? Anyway, <laughs> we announced the winner of the competition for the Cheyenne machines. So watch it, just in case you are the person that won, um, because I can't remember what your name is. So watch it, because past Chris will know. And also, past Chris and past Paul are letting you know on that video how you can win a 3K thermal copier. Brand new one. There you go. Like yep. literally brand new, and it looks really nice. It's, I like. I really like the paint job on it. Like that army green looks cool. Anyway, so that's that. So what is um what is the actual topic of this week's conversation, Paul? The actual topic of this week's conversation. This is a, a first for the channel. We're hoping to do some more. We, I noticed we've already had a couple of emails from people asking to do this since we announced it last yeah. week. Uh, so we're going to do a tattoo critique. So there's a couple of things that I want to tell you about this because obviously, it, you know, it does affect you if you're commenting. We're not doing this for, uh, for comedy value. We're not doing this to rubbish somebody's work, you know. So we're trying to be respectful. Be kind. We're trying to be kind. Be kind in the comments. If you're not, then I'm just going to delete your comments because I think it's, you know, we don't, none of us need that, right? Like, we're trying to build a community of people that support each other yeah. and help each other out, right? And offer constructive advice. So what we're going to try and do is offer this week some constructive advice to a chap called James Saruti. Cool. We sent an email into the channel. Yeah. He said, hi, guys. I'm reaching... I'm going to have to read this off the screen. Sorry about this. Yeah, you, you... I'm reaching out to you because I don't know what else to do. Could you take two minutes to check out my progress and tell me if it's worth carrying on? Uh, so, obviously, this is somebody that's, you know, that's really feeling a little bit hopeless about yeah. this. It's like, I just don't know what to do for the best here. I have no support and I'm doing it from my bedroom. Now, he's not tattooing from his bedroom, he's tattooing practice skin. I don't want to disrespect the craft in any way, but there is nobody near me that I know of that's worth learning from. 
My financial dis situation is in dismay and this is my only way out. I've been waiting for 10 years to get into this trade and I'm trying to do it independently and respectfully. So, and then he sent me a bunch of uh, pictures of stuff that he's done on practice skin for us to take a look at. Um, and I did email back to him to say, do you mind if we critique it? And he said, absolutely no, just, you know, like, I'd, love, I'd love to hear what you have to say. There's uh, six images. I'm going to put these images up on screen. Now, obviously, this isn't going to help uh, you podcast listeners. So we will try and Spotify be... Spotify people. You Spotify people. Um, you know, or Deezer or Apple Music or wherever you're listening to no us. No one really uses um, it. It's not going to help you. We will try to describe the pictures that we're looking at and, uh, and try and make it make a little bit of sense, you know. Well, are we going to look through them all first and then talk about them and, like, go back and forth between them, or...? Yeah, we can do if you want. Yeah, so the first one is a black and grey dog portrait. Image number two is not a realistic rose. It's a more like a... I, I, I guess, like, a traditional black and grey... Illustrative, of, kind a, of, yeah. Il illustrative... Um, let me see. It's got a stippled uh, kind of technique in it rather than like a smooth shading effect. The third image is uh, another portrait of Tupac, I believe. I believe that's Tupac. Yeah, it is Tupac. The fourth image is a couple of, uh, you know, cherubs embracing with, you know, they've got one's got uh, angel wings and the other one's got butterfly wings by the look of it. The, uh, where am I at? The fifth image is. Um, what looks like a, possibly a statue, like yeah, you know, like a, a woman you know, sitting Renaissance. down. Yeah? It's a woman sitting sitting down. She's got a, a robe on, like a Roman toga type robe, uh, all done in black and grey realism, uh, but looks more stippled in mm. in that. And then the final one is another rose. Uh, again, it's a, a stippled style rather than a pure realistic style. Uh, there is some line work in it, which is why I say sort of traditional black yeah. and grey. I guess you know. Uh, it reminds me of like the early days of black and grey that does when I see black and grey shading with line work. Pepper it shading, always, yeah. Yeah, it always, it always makes me think of that, you know, early days of black and grey, really. And, so, and that's what he sent us over. He said, this is all I've managed to get so far, thanks, guys. If you could, I'd really appreciate any advice. What I thought we'd do is we'd give you some overview advice um, and then we'll, we'll maybe pick up on a, a few things that you need to work on. And then maybe give you some ideas for ways to improve, I think is what we should do. So I'll, I guess I'll get the ball rolling because this was my first thought, James, in, in all of these. And this is really common, right? I, it's very clear that you've got an eye. And uh, if I had to guess, I would say you're probably a pencil sketch artist because this looks like the kind of work that somebody's transitioning mm. from, you know, you know, pencils to the tattoo machine. Uh, the first thing that I notice, and this is really common with all beginners, uh, is that you have a fear of black ink. Oh, what? Yeah. I don't see any black ink, true black ink in this. I think every one of these pieces that you've sent us would be massively improved with a pure black value. Um, I don't think there's a, as an overriding thing, there's no true contrast in this. There's a, yeah. like, if you look at the the image of the cherubs embracing, or just about all that shading is the same tone all the way through. And that, you know, and this is on, 
you know, on bodies and where th there are dim dips and, you know, and dimples and everything. Like the, the cherub's belly button that's in shadow, that belly button would be considerably darker. Well, even that, the think. hair, to be honest, like the hair, the hair isn't black. It's not, and it should be. If, if they've got dark hair, uh, and so that would be my first thought, is you're not putting enough black in. Now, tattooing is a high-contrast medium, which means that it really works best with solid black to skin. That's That works best. It's why, you know, Polynesian designs work so well and, you know, and tribal designs work so well because it's just solid black against skin. So whenever we do stuff like this, you've, when you look at an image, uh, what I like to do when I'm doing realism, I'll take the image and I'll increase the contrast in Photoshop and use that as my reference so I've got more black in it because it will hold better over time and it will look better in the skin. It will be more striking. So you've got to get not afraid of black, right? Get some black in these tattoos. One thing, right, that I, I, I had the Joshua Carlton book and DVDs years ago when he first brought them out, and that's the one thing I took from that is he always upped the contrast of his images and like yep. as soon as you do that you'll notice that like the tattoos will they'll hold better over time and they'll look better in the skin once they've settled down as well I probably got a bit of that from the Josh Carlton stuff because mm -hmm. I, I had his book and watched a couple of his DVDs and one, one of the things it could be that or a conversation with somebody else but um, what I took away early on was if you can make the image work with just the black values, everything beyond that is a piece of cake. Because if it already reads with just the black in it, oh, yeah. you know, it, you've done you've done a good chunk of the job, you know. And actually, you can see that theory in, at, in, at work in my own work because quite often I make faces out of just black ink, yeah. solid black. There's no shading in them at all, and they still read and work, and they hold up for years. The same goes for white as well, with the highlights and stuff. Like, you should be able to, your, your tattoo should look good, and there should be enough contrast uh, where the skin breaks show the highlights, and like the yeah. white is just more of an accent. But whereas you do get a lot of people that now that are, are relying on white ink to kind on the of, white. Yeah, yeah. I, I, so then, like, once the tattoo heals, because there's no contrast. The, 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 it, it just goes you, you kind of like it's like when you, you see the typical kind of the typical kind of tattoo of the you know like an oversized eyeball that's very watery and yeah. you've got all these spectral white highlights in it if you go in and you know and, and fuck with it in Photoshop and remove them quite often these tattoos they don't actually look very good at all without that white yeah and as we all know white is a little bit like this you know it may be maybe not we're not sure you know it's, sometimes it's fine it's really seems to depend on the person if you can hold white or not I'm fortunate that it holds on me but some people it just disappears or it's under the skin and it's just not very vibrant you know so uh, yeah f that would be my first thing is get the black in yeah um, the second thing that I would say to you is each one of these images go back and start again and They're tattoo them all they? over again. Don't tattoo over these, but tattoo all five of these images again. They're unfinished, but don't finish these, right? If you've got five pieces of practice skin with the, the same image on, you'll be able to see that you're getting better, you know, and it gives you a visual cue that you're getting better. Now, while I think about it, because a couple of people have commented this uh, down in the comments section and have said they're a little bit further along, 
and they've started tattering people, but because they're not getting many clients, they're struggling to get what we call it needle time, you know, like you, yeah. you need to be doing it to learn how to do it. Well, what I would say with that is buy yourself a load of practice skin, and if you do a tattoo on somebody, then the next thing that you should do two days later is you should do that tattoo all over again from scratch on a piece of practice skin. And then you should do it again two days later. Yeah. And what you'll notice is each time you do it, it gets a little bit easier and it gets a little bit better because you're learning the image. This is why we talk about making hand stencils because... Yeah, muscle memory and learning it, yeah. You, you are muscle memory learning the image. I think, like, looking at this, like, say, for example, if, like, if, if that person was my apprentice... Um, I think they're doing tattoos that are way above their pay grade. So I would say take a step back, concentrate on fundamentals first, which is getting, you know, get get your lines nailed, get your black solid, and then practice your your grey, you know, your your, your transitions or your grey wash, um, and even your stipple shading transitions. Practice all that on smaller, far more simpler pieces before you even consider, you know, like jumping on something like these even doing the rows like doing so what I like to do with this what Chris is talking about is I get my guys to repeat a, a tattoo of Mickey Mouse now I use Mickey Mouse because uh, everybody knows what Mickey Mouse looks like everybody knows how he's supposed to look and the characters are available they are available but I use Mickey Mouse because he's my favourite <laughs> right the great thing about Mickey is he's got a solid black outline he's got a bunch of solid black in his body he's got solid colour and, and, and you know, the fundamentals are there in that image. Yeah. And you, there's hundreds and hundreds of images of Mickey Mouse out there for you to go and choose from, right? So take one and don't take five images of Mickey Mouse. Take one and tattoo it five, five or ten, ten times. times. I mean, you know, with my guys, I'm like, just tattoo it every day. Walk yeah. in, set up, put the stencil on, tattoo it every single day. Every single day until you've drilled it. You know, and, 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 and by drilling it, I mean you're running a drill over and over again. It's why bands rehearse their live set. They go in and they play the songs in the same order twice every rehearsal before they go on tour. And what, what you want to do is, once you've got your fundamentals there, because your line work does need some work, Yes. Well, you only, the only way you get um, experienced in line work is doing things with lots of lines in them. You know, So start with simple images and then start working on images with hundreds. Do a bird cage, you know what I mean? Hundreds and hundreds of straight lines. You know, This is the ideal time to make mistakes. You know? It would have been interesting to see the references that he was working from, to be honest, so we can have... We can see like how close or how far he was from the the actual reference doing. I can tell who all these people are. I can tell what I'm looking at, and I can see that whoever's doing it has clearly got you know an eye. But I think the eye is in a different medium, and I think this this particular medium is just scaring them a little bit. So yeah, you you they need to understand how like how it works. Like that's one. That's why I say like do again do the small stuff. Until you know how it works, you can still. I think like with the stipple shading, I don't know if they. I don't know if they've actually done magnum shading and then stipple shading. To be honest, so I, I apologise if I'm wrong, but um, because I I 
think this is a pen, you're, I think you're a pencil artist, right, who's transitioning to tattooing. He's like, no, I'm a plumber. <laughs> yeah, I'm a plumber, something like that, you know. <laughs> well, what I, um, what I think is, this is, if this was a pencil sketch, it looks to me like it's all been done with a H pencil. It's all base coats, isn't it? Yeah, it's all base coat. This is what I, I would consider underpainting. You know, if I'm just blocking stuff in, get the basic values there, and then I'll go in and tidy up the values as I go along. What you need to do now is think about, okay, so now I've gone in with my H pencil, I've got all the shapes kind of sculpted and where they are. Now I need to go in with a B pencil, i.e. black ink, and start, you know, really darkening some of these. The, the place where it works, where you've got it right, on the two-pack portrait, the T-shirt that he's yeah. got down over his chest like this, he's, he's basically took his shirt off and he's still holding it for you Spotify listeners. There's a lot of creases and crumples in that shirt and there's actually, there is the beginnings of texture there. You can you can see that that is there. You can obviously, you know, you can do it, but I'd like to see that a little darker. Um, again, we don't know the reference image. That might be a white T-shirt for all I know. But, yeah, um, no, I know what you're you saying. Know, but I think for the purpose of tattooing, I would have I would have made it like appear more like a black T-shirt, you know, so there was more contrast in that, and I'd get that darker. And that same principle could be applied to the, the hair on the cherubs, right? The same principle could be applied to the toga on, the, on the, the woman's back that we're looking at, right? You know, you can go a lot darker and make the image more dramatic because it needs to be more dramatic when it's in the skin. Skin is a hostile medium for ink. It doesn't really want the ink to be there and the ink will fade, you know, over time. So you want to make sure your black values are really good, you know. But start, first of all, start, go back and start with your fundamentals. And Lining, shading, colour packing. And do that for three months. Just do Mickey Mouse every day for three months, every single day. Whenever you've got the time it takes to do, just sit down and do the same thing over and over again until you're until it looks like until it looks exactly like the fucking Mickey Mouse in the picture. Exactly like the image, yeah. Ex and but keep each one, and you'll see your progress as you go along. I agree with Chris that this is quite a big ask if this is somebody who's just sitting down for the first time with a tattoo machine. You know, I would I would set my bar a little bit lower, and you'll find it a little bit less depressing or soul-destroying when you get to the end of it and it's not all that. Do you know, you know one thing I will say as well, Paul? Like, like and this goes back to understanding, like, I'm looking through the picture of the, 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 the woman with the, with, the, with the robe and, like, I think, and, like, again, I could be wrong, but it, to me, it looks like they've shaded it all with, like, a light grey, right, with, like, a, with a magnum and then they've gone over all of it then with, like, a liner and stipple shaded it and I think, like, not knowing, like that's something like like you you shouldn't really do. Like if you're gonna go over in you know if you're gonna shade an entire fucking tattoo with a magnum, and then go through that entire tattoo with a liner and stipple shade all of it, you could potentially, if you, especially if you don't know what you're doing, you could cause a lot of trauma I mean obviously the practice skin doesn't have any trauma right so and, and this is the kind of thing you learn in the shop and I think that's really good advice because you know, this is this is what you need to be in a shop really yeah it's you don't want to be building techniques that work on you know plastic skin that don't work on real skin because what Chris is, is saying is like you know once you've created the trauma going through it with a mag if you hit that again then with a liner, you could hurt. easily turn the skin into core beef and it's going to hurt the client like fucking crazy. Like you could you know do I mean? that, tech. You, know, you could do that, but what you probably have to do is 
base coat it all with your mag, let it heal, and then go in once it's healed yeah. and stipple shades through all Absolutely. of it. Or just like stick to be like, right, I'm going to do it with all with a mag, or I'm going to do it all with it like a stipple. I'm going to pepper shade all of it with a round with a round shader. Yeah, I th I definitely think like take a step back and just do smaller stuff, less complicated stuff. Just so James knows, right? I don't think he's a hopeless case, right? If he walked into my shop and said, look, I've been doing this at home, do you, do you think I've got any chance of being a pro tattooist? I'm like, yeah, sure, you've got, you've got a way to go yet and there's a lot to learn. But, you know, he's clearly got enough of an eye that that can be developed you know and you can you can develop you can develop it but i'll be honest i i've seen i've seen actual tattooists right that have just opened up shops near me and uh, their work is nowhere near like you no know, his, his work is better than some of theirs and they're tattooing real people yeah not so don't I'm not saying down on yourself yeah, i'm not saying you, you should go and tattoo real, real people uh, just keep not yet, yeah not keep practicing just keep, keep practicing keep practicing and just Honestly, like try and get into a shop as if you can. Like, like you, I think like you can. You can only learn so much on YouTube, and even if like you may disagree or you may not get on with somebody or you may think that they're not as good as you would like them to be, just being in a studio environment, right, and having someone there to to give you that even the smallest amount of fucking advice and guidance is just so much better than sitting in the house on your own wondering if you're doing what no if what you're doing is right or wrong but he might not be in a position for all we know they just might there might not be any shops local to him or anything like that travel you know? he says he's in in derby I know there's a couple of really good tattoo shops in Derby. Oh, mate, I, I thought he was, like, out, outside the UK. If, like, no, he's in Derby, UK. If you're in the UK, right, and I'm trying to talk over there, right, but I think if you're in the UK, everywhere is within travelling distance. Like for, for, like, for example, for me, right, when I first started learning to tattoo, right, I did start in Merthyr, but my first job was in Cardiff, right? Yeah. And I had to get a train and a bus. Yeah. Then I moved to another place, and I ended up having to get... Uh, and then I started working in Bridgend, and just to get to work, and this is before I was driving, I had to get two buses and a train just to get to work. Yeah. You gotta do it. If you wanna be a tattooist, be prepared to travel. Yeah. I say this to everybody that asks us if, we were, if we're taking it on. I'm like, be prepared to travel. I still do it now. I travel 70 miles, 75 miles a day to, to and from work altogether. So I think if you're in Derby, there's loads of tattoos around. Because if you're in Derby, you're not far from Burton, which is, you know, so that's fine. You're not far from Nottingham. So, you know, you might be able to get something in Knotts. Um, you know, my son works in, in Knotts and there's a couple of good shops there. You might be able to get, um, you might be able to get something in Burton. If, uh, if I can interject there, one thing I, 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 I think I'd like to say is, and, and this is just from a conversation I had the other day. So one of, one of, the, one of my mates that I grew up with, he's a plumber, right? Uh, and he he's, he's he always used to draw like we all we all drew when we were younger. And he, he dropped me a message and he said he's like toying with the idea of becoming a tattooist. So I kind of have a, had a chat with him and I explained to him the situation like this is what you would need to do blah 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 blah. Um, you know and what I say to people you know if I was to look look at to take somebody on, but what I also said to him is and I think this is this is maybe what causes a lot of issues for people. I'm looking at Paul and I'm there. I think this is what causes a lot of issues for people is even though right legally you cannot have somebody working for free like unpaid interns are illegal in the UK. The tattoo industry still expects an apprentice to work in their shop free of charge. That's illegal. And when I explained that to, 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 to my mate, I was like, look, you know, 
when you do an apprentice uh, or an apprenticeship, sorry, as a plumber or as a carpenter or as an electrician, like they legally have to pay you and you also go to college as well, right? So you are earning some money, but if you decided you wanted to work in a tattoo studio as an apprentice, a lot of studios will expect you to come in there every day or, uh, or quite a few days a week, unpaid, learn and basically be like the shop skivvy. And like when I said that to him, the first thing he turned me, he said, well, like, I, I can't afford to do that. I got a family, I, I mean, I got a house I got to pay for. So I think that's maybe the one thing that may cause an issue. Um, and maybe tattooing needs to kind of step up and get back into the real world. Yeah, I mean, I think, I think practical advice for James is, you know, saying your financial situation is a, a mess, and this is this is a, a way out for you. Um, I, I mean, I would say you've clearly you've clearly got an eye for it. You've got a long way to go yet. Um, that will be accelerated if you get yourself into a shop. Get yourself a bullshit job that that will pay for your life for now, and uh, work in the tattoo shop in between. You know, um, you got to, unfortunately that's like you got to take one for the team. Really, if you want to get there, hundred percent. A lot of the times in life, unfortunately, there's we we have to. There are some things that we have to do in order to do the things that we want to do. Yeah, you know what I mean. I was fortunate, like you know, I I started learning to tattoo when I was very young, and I was still living at home with my parents, so I could afford to do it for free. Do you mean? And I could afford I could afford it, like. But like, if if I was to start tattooing now, I couldn't afford to work for somebody for free, like you know. And and one thing I will say, like you, what you said there, he said that tattooing is the answer to his problems, essentially. Yeah. Like, don't rely on tattooing to be your answer to your problems or, or your financial problems, because you know you've got to learn to tattoo. You've got to you know get yourself to a standard where you're good enough to tattoo people, and then. You still may take you a few years before you become financially yeah. stable. Like I know tattoo artists. Like I for for me for me I'll just use me as an example. Like when I started, I started from the bottom. I worked my way up, and it was like maybe three. And obviously, like tattooing wasn't as massively popular back then um, as it is now. But like, I weren't making mega bucks. Like no, I was like the first first the first like you know I was in this tattoo shop in a small village you know, out on the outside outskirts of Bridgend like the first shop I worked in in Cardiff would pay, they paid me 200 pound a fucking week I mean I the second one right I was making like 3 to 400 pound a week but I was having to give like I was having to buy all my tattoo supplies out of that pay for all my travelling and everything so like it was only after quite a few years I started making a, a decent wish. Do you so, think that's part of the problem, though, that people look at look at the world of tattooing from the outside, and they you know they hear stories of you know we make twenty grand a day, and you know we only work for an hour and a half, and we all drive Lamborghinis and all that sort yeah. of stuff. That is a ridiculous. No, example. no, no. I know what you mean though. The people that are making big, big money. Uh, and doing all of that sort of stuff are probably 1% of this industry. 99% of this industry are people, men and women, going to work in, in a shop every day and, you know, grinding out a living, doing something that they love yeah. and something creative, but they're not making 1,500 quid an hour. You know, they're right. making the average, you know, which is between 30 and 60 quid an hour in this country, you know? Yeah. That's just how it is, right? And that's... I would say that that's the bulk of the industry rather than the bulk of the industry 
is, you know, people that fly off all over the world oh, with yeah, their totally. tattoo machines in their hands and, and do conventions and, and all that and fucking start YouTube channels and, and all that fucking nonsense. Like, that's not, that's not the norm. Most people are, are, are having to work for a living, really having to work for it, because it's still a job. Fuck me, I work my fucking ass off, man. I'm fucking like... Me like, too. I've had to turn around to my clients now and just be like... Tell people like I'm only I can only answer fucking emails like once a week now because I'm missing out on so much time with my family because I'm fucking working my fucking ass off. So that's the other thing to think about is if you've got other things in your life um, and other responsibilities like you might have a young family and all that sort of stuff that it is worth knowing that this job will, will take at, at a minimum it will take six it'll take sixty hours of your life every week a minimum forever it will never stop. That's just how it is, you know. Do you know what the other thing you is? Know, well? Don't go thinking if you follow our advice that you know in in six months' time you'll you'll be making fifteen hundred quid a day. I mean, you might be, and I'd love to get that email because that'd be fantastic, you know, great success story and everything. But what's more more likely is that you'll spend the next five years of your life earning sixty quid an hour if you're lucky, right? And that's how it is. And you know, it, this is a, it's a it's a tough gig. It's an expensive job to do as well, isn't it? It is an expensive job to do. It's not cheap. Um, we, you know, we spend a lot of money on supplies. But you know, to to give you some buoyancy, that's the negative side of it. The positive side of this is that from what you're showing us, you can clearly draw in some. In, in, in some way, right? Oh, yeah, uh, I think totally. pencil is probably what you do. You can clearly draw, you clearly understand values. Uh, you need to get a little bit more confident with your blacking. Yes. You need to work on your fundamentals, get your line work absolutely solid, get your colour packing solid, you know, work on much simpler images and then revisit these. And when you do one of these images again, send it us again. We'd yeah, love to see awesome. it. But also, um, Send us, you know, send us some of your Mickey Mouse practices as well, you know, or if you if you choose Ren and Stimpy or something yeah. like that, you know, we'd like to see that. This isn't a one and done thing. Show, let us let us see how you're getting on in a couple of months' time. You know, we'll we'll revisit this and we'll we'll do maybe do another critique for you, you know, because I wouldn't I wouldn't like to see him give up because it would be a shame, right? No, there, there needs to be like you know, definitely never give up. If you showed me this at a convention on your phone and you just flicked through the pictures and you told me that you were in the first year of your apprenticeship, it would not surprise me. I, I would be like, yeah, that's, that's, not, that's not bad. You're having a, you know, a little go at um, trying some realism in different styles. You know, I'm a little bit less strict than Chris's with uh, apprentices because, uh, in all fairness, I've actually I've apprenticed people. You know, and Chris will find that you know people don't tend to do like they're not robots, right? Oh they no, I understand that they're not that robots, but they, like it is. I like to give people. You know, I like to I like to stretch it like stretch allow them to stretch themselves early on, particularly like on practice skin, of course. So, I mean, I do get my apprentices to do stuff like this. Um, uh, early doors, really, because why not, right? But, like, um, if... I, but... Sorry to interrupt you there. But what I was going to say was, like, you know, if, if I, I was thinking in terms of months, not the first year. I was like, how many months into his apprentice would he be? Like, like for me, like, if, say, after, say, like, four months, they could do solid tribal pieces and solid traditional pieces on practice skin, that's when I would let them venture into more stuff like this like doing so this is me and Chris are coming at this from two angles so Chris is coming in as the tattooist working getting you working 
right? Because that's, you know, that's the kind of tattooist approach. I'm coming at it from the more art approach, getting you doing the thing that you want to do as quickly as possible and using the fundamentals as a vehicle to get you to where you want to be. So it's two slightly different approaches and it will depend on the shop you, that you get into as to which of those. Neither of those approaches are wrong, they're just different, right? One of them, one of them gets you w working and earning money quicker, which is Chris's process. Uh, mine is more about longevity and just making the art that you're going to make and kind of doing that out the gate, really. Um, yeah, but without the without the fundamentals, you 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 can't do it. That's what I'm saying. Like it's like yeah, but I, I do I I do do the fundamentals, but I do the fundamentals with people. But then I immediately that I'm doing the fundamentals with them, I show them how you transfer those fundamentals into something that doesn't look like a fundamental tattoo. Yeah, and the reason I do that is I show them that no matter what image you show me, the three fucking techniques that you use to, to yeah, make yeah, that yeah, Mickey yeah, Mouse tattoo that. are all you've got. That's all you've got. So you can make any fucking image with those three. But I think what those three techniques I think what, 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 I'm, what I'm trying to get at is like if you can't get if you can't do that Mickey Mouse if you can't get those techniques nailed then you, you what's the point in moving on because you're only going to be you're not going to be able to do it are you so I think that's what I'm trying to get at. it's like once yeah I see what you're once, saying, once, yeah, what you're like saying. once I know right that you can do a solid line you can do solid black and you can do smooth black and grey I'll be like wicked what do you want to do let's, let's look at yeah move on but if you can't do that there's no point because everything you do is going to look fucking shit and it's going to take longer. So that shows you that if we were in two shops in Derby on the same street and you went into both of us, this is the kind of thing you'll get. You'll get two people that will tell you to do it differently. Now, my advice there is neither of us are wrong, right? Um, and what, you what you're better off picking is somebody that you just connect with, right? And you, know, you go into the shop, hang out, have a coffee, maybe get a tattoo if you can afford one, um, and see what the people are like. And Because both, both of these ideas will get you there. They're, they're probably at the same speed. They're, they're, just, they're just different approaches to doing this, you know. There's an advantage to doing what Chris is uh, talking about because it gets you working pretty quick because once you can do the fundamentals, you can do a cherry blossom on somebody's ankle and you can make a few quid doing a few cherry blossoms. And then you, on the side then, you can practice, you can practice and all, you know, you, you can develop. So you're basically practicing twice you're, 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 you're continuing with your fundamental works whilst making a little bit of money but then in the evenings or in your spare time or if you've got a spare time during the week or whatever that's where you can start kind of working on developing what you want to do do you know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely There's some tactics out there that won't even let their apprentices move away from practising for like a couple of years One thing I think as well like I, and I've, I always say because I, there are people that I know that are amazing artists, right? And they, 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 like I mean, like phenomenal artists, but they're not tattooists. And I think that's because that's something that everyone needs to understand. It's like tattooing is not for everyone. Like I'm not saying like, oh, it's not for you in that sense. What I'm saying is sometimes you might find like when you start tattooing, you may realize that, oh, do you know what? This isn't for you. So. Like, I think I should I, end on a controversial statement then that I think it's, a lot of people are going to disagree with me. This might trigger a few of you ooh. and I'm, I apologise if that's doing it. Tattooing is not an art. Tattooing is a craft. It's a trade. The, the art stuff happens before you start doing the tattooing. Yeah. Oh no, 100%. When you sit down to do the tattoo, you are a craftsperson and you're using tools 
of your trade to mimic the art that you did. 100%, right, yeah. Tattooing is not an art, it's a craft. Yeah, but th this is the thing. People assume, right, that because they just look at tattooing and they're like, well, all it is is just an art form and it's a different process of creating art. So, like, because they look at it from that perspective, they just go in there, they start doing it and go, oh, it's blood, it's, oh, it's messy, I don't like a vibrating brick in my hand. Like, do you know what I mean? It's like, oh, this isn't what I thought it was. And, like, that's something that, like, especially, like, you know, doing practice skiing is one thing, right? But when you've got somebody sitting in the chair and they're going, <laughs> you're basically using a vibrating brick or, or, or vibrating pen now to draw on an uneven surface that moves and is squidgy. And covered in grease. Going from practice game to that, I think once you get onto that part of it, you go, oh, this, is, this isn't this is for me. You know, that's the other thing that I do with my guys. I've got in, um, in the bathroom, I've got two mannequins, just like literally like chopped up in, it looks- Oh, do you just grease them up like and- <laughs> What I do is I gaffer tape the, um, the practice yeah. skin to a fake mannequin arm, cover it with Vaseline and go, now tattoo it. <laughs> And because it gives you an idea of like working on a tubular surface because that's weird as well, you know. What you need for that as well then, right, is just somebody to sit there every now and then, just move the mannequin, every now and then, just move the mannequin, right, and be like, oh, can we stop for a second? Can we stop for a second? Yeah. And I, I need to get comfortable. <laughs> Give them the <laughs> immersive, yeah, the immersive experience. So I hope that's been helpful for you, James. I hope we've been constructive. If anybody um, who's watching this, if you guys that are watching it, if you've, if you've got anything to add or something that we've missed out, add it in the comments, you know, keep it respectful. Yes. Remember, James, he's, he's in a tough spot. He's trying, to, he's trying to get in the industry, like a lot of you are. Add your comments down below. Um, be nice, you know, it's nice to be nice and all that sort of stuff. Manners cost nothing. Um, and, but definitely don't give up. Never don't give up, for definitely. Never don't give up. Definitely don't never give up. If you do do some Mickey Mouses or some other stuff and then you revisit these images uh, based on what we've said, send us over what you've done and we'll, uh, we'll take another look at what you're doing. Yeah. From me and from Chris, all the best of luck with it, mate. I hope it works out for you. I really do. Indeed. Genuinely do. One more of us, one less of them, mate. <laughs> this has been your Sunday morning tattoo chat. I've been Paul. I've been Chris. Oh, yeah, thanks for our sponsors. I always forget. Well, I shouted out Raw. We shouted out Raw pretty big. And Electrum. We should shout out Electrum. I'm even, you know, uh, Rob sent me a T-shirt, look, because he was sick of me wearing Cheyenne T-shirts. What the fuck, Rob? <laughs> hey, clearly, I'm the presenter. You're just the sidekick. I got a T-shirt. Well, did you, you didn't get shit, did you? No. <laughs> Where's my shirt? Big up to Rob uh, for uh, for sponsoring the show. Thank you very much, and thank you very much for the T-shirts, mate. This, this shirt is cooler. That should be one of our competition questions. Uh, in, the sh in the 85 shows that we've done or something, how many times has Chris worn the Doobie Snacks T-shirt? <laughs> it's like my uniform now. It is. It's become the uniform of the show. It's cool, isn't See, it? I get to change mine because our sponsors send me T-shirts, you see, because I'm more important than you are, clearly. You probably just pester them more. That is absolutely true. I am more of a pest. And with that, <laughs> we're out of here. See you next week. Tra. Tra. <laughs>